Welcome to the Business Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. This episode is brought to you by Authors Unite. Authors Unite provides you with all the resources you need to become a successful author. You can learn more about Authors Unite and join the free community at authorsunite.com. Now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Kevin Hong with us. He is the chief of biz dev at Cinemia, a movie pass competitor that is in five countries and the author of The Outlier Approach. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Grateful to have you here. Um, we'll jump into the first one, Kevin. The first question I have for you is what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess like those of you who aren't really familiar with me, um, I was one of the co-founders of a company called DealFlix. And uh, DealFlix was kind of like a um, Groupon, but for movie deals. And we launched this back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And the problem was was uh, working in the movie industry, it's very old school and you have to kind of wine and dine people, shake and handshakes. That's you know typically the norm in the entertainment space. And we were fighting basically a two-part battle, right? So you had to get the partnerships with the theaters to offer discounted tickets at the movie theater. And then we had to get customers, movie-going customers, essentially. So what we wanted to do was partner with as many partner theater partners as possible uh, to get the inventory to put on our app and our mobile app. But then we had to kind of wine and dine these uh, movie executives to, to get them on board. And uh, we didn't really have the resources to fly in, rent rent a car, book a hotel, do a meeting and fly back, especially you know with some of these more independent mom and pop um movie theaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what we decided to do was uh, live in a van, drive around the country and sign up as many theaters as possible. So we ended up doing that for about two years and it was, it was really fun. We ended up getting up to uh, 750 theater locations. Uh, We ended up raising close to $5 million. Um, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank was one of our investors. We got Warner brothers, Turner, as well as 500 startups. Uh, invested in our startup and uh, you know most people think it's like a crazy idea to live in a van but you know just like you know riding a bike you, you get used to it you know your your mind and body starts to adapt and I actually ended up writing a book um, you know with some of the experience um, at DealFlix and it ended up becoming an Amazon bestseller for for five or six uh, six months um, it sold at uh, 38 bookstores um, and, um, you know, I, I, I ended up writing articles for Forbes and Inc magazine related to that. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the lesson is just any, anything you put your mind into it, um, you know, you, you kind of start to readjust, um, you know, reality and, uh, it becomes the norm. Dude, that is awesome. I, I, uh, I mean, that whole story is awesome, but what stuck out the most is that you got a shark, man. That is cool. <laughs> you got a shark. Yeah. That is awesome, man. That's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, for sure. The uh, next one that I have for you is what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, reputation is everything. Um, guard it with your life. 
Um, you know, I think people, a lot of times they kind of go for the quick wins, um, you know, like a hard, really high ROI um, after building um, a relationship really quickly. But, you know, people, you know, people remember what you do. Um, you know, many of my clients, um, you know, when I launched, when I launched new products uh, at a new company or when I switched companies, um, you know, they, they remember what you did for them. So, you know, my, my situation, I was ousted from my own startup um, and it sucked. But then, although I didn't have my position, all my social capital moved into my next corporate um, executive role. And then it's switching over again to, to Cinemia. So some of my clients have signed up for all three services, which is crazy. Um, but they they believe in in what I do and how I deliver excellent service and excellent product. And what ends up happening is that, you know, you stay in an industry for four or five years and you build a strong reputation. Um, people will come after you. So, uh, you know, when I was an advisor for a couple of movie industry companies, you know, I, I get paid four to five, four to 500 bucks an hour um, just to chat and talk about my strategy because I'm probably one of the very few guys where I can text message, you know, anywhere from like AMC or, you know, studios, um, Warner and stuff like that, a C-level executive, and I'll get a response within a couple hours. Um, so there's only a few people who can do that, especially, you know, um, given the fact that I've only been in the industry for about seven years. Mm. And, and what is your best piece of like overall business advice? Uh, so not necessarily industry specific. Um, you know, I think, I think just kind of like adapting a trader's mindset. So prior to jumping into the movie industry, um, I was a retail trader. I was a stock research analyst um, for a few years. Um, never get too high, never get too low. Um, you know, when we raised, you know, a few million dollars and we were doing 7 million a year annually at DealFlix, um, I was never too high of my own supply, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and then when I get, when I got fired from my own company, um, you know, I, I was casual enough to joke around, you know, they were just, people just asked me, Hey, how's your day? I'm like, Hey, for a founder who got fired from his own company, I'm doing pretty well. And then people would look at me like, <laughs> was like, man, is this guy normal to just kind of say that nonchalantly? It almost made people around me uncomfortable, but you know, the, I think Steve Jobs said it best. I mean, the journey is the reward. And people forget that. And everyone's like, oh, you're so successful now. You know, like, shouldn't you start, you know, getting married, settling down, like, you know, buying a nice car, um, you know, et cetera. And I'm like, no, I, I love it. You know, I show up to work, you know, 530 in the morning. I'm usually not done by nine. Sometimes I show up to work two or three in the morning because I'm so excited to work the next day. Um, you know, if you love what you do, um, it doesn't seem like work. So, you know, just get used to it. Um, the highs and lows don't really matter if you're just, just focus on the journey and the whole process of it and just keep mastering it like it's your own craft. And then you'll go really far, really quickly with that mindset. And, and you can turn your life around in like six months. Yeah, I could not agree more. I actually, I made like a video the other day and I, and I was saying, it's like, it's interesting. It's like when you work, if, if you're just working for money, like, like those hours you just said, like, you know, like uh, 5am till 9pm, if you're just working for money, then that's like hard work. But if you are working for something that like you enjoy and like you're passionate about, the 16 hours actually is not like, I don't want to say it's easy, but I want to say that like, it feels good, you know, like, like it's not a struggle. Um, and, and sometimes it's struggle, but like, I just mean like, it's, I don't know, to me, it's fun. Just like you, like I could do podcasts 
and uh, like business meetings, like like you're saying, from five a.m. to nine p.m. And it would not phase me. Like I, I, I actually like it. Um, so I think once you find it, uh, you just go all in, and it's it's very different than like a money motive. So yeah, 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 and and, and I hate that. You know, like I, I see a lot of people. Um, so I see kind of like two or three different versions of success. So there are the types where, you know, like people want to be successful so they think they can, you know, date someone super attractive, buy a nice car, wear nice clothes and stuff like that. And then once they hit, you know, in, you know, when they, once they hit their early thirties, I mean, they're like the same old, same old, their income doesn't increase like 50% every year. It's because they've gotten the nice car, you know, in the nice house and stuff like that. Their, their ceiling is very finite. Mm. And then I see another type of uh, person that's successful where when you're younger, you kind of have to do everything on your own because you're still trying to build your personal brand. You don't have employees. Even when you start your own business, um, you don't have the capital to hire a lot of people. So in your twenties, you can kind of get by like drinking Red Bull and like working 90 hours a week and not delegating your work. But you can't do that when you're, when you're like, you know, hitting your young thirties and stuff like that. You can't like do all nighters. And, and keep keep your company afloat. Um, so, you know what I mean? So I still have friends like drinking Red Bull and they're like, you know, in their mid thirties. I'm like, bro, you can't scale your business like that. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the next one I have for you, man, is if you could give your younger self uh, one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, you know, I just... I, you know, if, if it would, if it was me, I mean, I'm just, I would just say something like, you know, um, you know, just be patient. Um, your time will come. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're too ambitious, you kind of, you know, look up and you, you see the guys like, you know, Elon Musk and the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and, you know, Bezos and you're just like, man, you know, how, how am I going to catch up? Like, what do I got to do to get to their level? And, uh, this is, I, I guess like this is for the uber ambitious folks. Right. Yeah. And then you start thinking like, man, like this is just, this is just so much. So just take it as one day at a time. So think of one day as a race in itself and just think to yourself, well, yeah, I'm not going to turn into like Elon Musk or, you know, Jeff Bezos in like one day. But if there was like just the race between me and Jeff Bezos today, let's just make sure I beat him just that one day. Right. And then uh, the next day you just think the same thing. Right. So you're turning a marathon into like these really short sprints, at least mentally. Um, so you just focus on the day on that day, just that task. Um, just live, you know, um, at the moment as, as you focus on your work. So you're not too high, too low, not too stressed, you know, um, et cetera. So you're just very process driven. Yeah. And kind of going a little bit down a different path. In your opinion, what is the key to happiness? I think you just got to find something that you really enjoy doing. Um, if you don't like working, um, you know, for someone, or if you don't like, you know, your job, try to look for something else. If you don't like your, uh, working with a certain employee or employer, you know, um, move on to a different job or fire that employee. Um, just keep finding something, you know, just keep going until you find something that you really like and find the people who you really like working with. Um, and then, you know, life is just, so much easier. And, and as you, as you get more and more successful, um, that process is going to be a lot easier because they will start reaching out to you. Like I've never had to submit a resume since like 2010 or 2011. Um, I've been constantly just recruited and then, you know, I never say no, I never say yes. Um, when opportunities come by, I just, you know, put them on hold. 
um, and I just queue them up. And then, you know, if I if I don't like the opportunity or if the other opportunity um, seems very enticing, I just, you know, just kind of entertain the option. So you're always building leverage. And what's the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from that? Oh, man. I mean, there's just so many good books <laughs> out there. Um, can't I can't think of anything. I, I can't just think of like just one book. You could say uh, like your but, most recent favorite maybe. Yeah, I think my most recent favorite was um, The Hard Things About Hard Things by uh, Ben Horowitz. I know. Like I, I feel like every entrepreneur or founder uh, mentions this book, but I just I just really like, you know, how he broke it down because a lot of books, you know, um, bring up such cliché advice and that's that's the whole reason why I wrote The Outlier Approach. Um, I really wanted to uh, you know, talk about just outside the box thinking. And, you know, Ben, Ben breaks it down pretty well. Um, you know, just for example, one chapter is like wartime CEO versus peacetime CEO. Sometimes, you know, like, um, when you're going through wartime, you might have to resort to, you know, a strategy such as micromanagement. There's no one size fits all. And maybe during a peacetime, you might revert back to macro management. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're going through, um, a very, I guess, like hyper competitive marketplace, you're going to, you're going to go through, you know, becoming like a wartime executive. And Steve Jobs is a great example, um, of a really good, uh, wartime executive. So, um, you know, it, it just really accounts for all those variables in his book. And I, and, and I really appreciated the thinking process, um, behind it. Mm. And what's your favorite quote and why? I guess like, um, John Wooden, um, you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's nothing special, but I think that, you know, resonates really well. So just, just always be prepared, you know, always think of every opportunity as an interview. Um, you know, always think you're interviewing for the next, next job. I agree, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Um, the last question I have for you before we let you go is where's the best place for people to find and or connect with you online? Um, yeah, you can check out nonconformistmedia.com. The site is um, a little bit, on, parts of it is under construction, but you can reach out to me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Kevin H.S. Hong, and um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Perfect, man. Thanks again for hopping on. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me.